You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 274 of the KB Mod Podcast. It is Easter Sunday, April 16th, 2017, and uh, I am here, I am not Scott, I am Brandon, joined by Brad and KD. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing pretty damn well, I'll be honest. Yeah, you look like you're doing well. Look Look like you've spent the day praising the Lord. I did. I spent the day, uh, you know, with my with my good brothers, you know, preaching the good word. In your, in your Jesus outfit. <laughs> yeah, giving thumbs up. Yeah. Oh my god. I was just. I wonder, uh, I wonder how many people do that on Easter, like wearing a Jesus outfit and do the thumbs up thing in like a non-ironic way. That's what really confuses me. Like, I wonder. I so Indiana Comic Con happened this past weekend. And for some reason, they decided to like have it on Easter Sunday. Mm. So, and I, I didn't attend today at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. And I really wish I could would have because part of me does think there was some Jesus cosplay that I missed out on. <laughs> I bet which there was. Would have just been great. There, that actually would have been. I mean, for Comic Con, that would actually be pretty like pretty relevant. Like Easter <laughs> Sunday Jesus cosplay, that would work. But I now feel like... it would only it only be truly great if it was Jesus, but then he had a furry helmet on. Oh, okay, there, yeah, that would quite not... a bit of that cosplay <laughs> at Comic Con. I mean, was, I'm sure, uh, I'm someone... sure there are a lot of Christian furries out there. <laughs> yeah, more than you think. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's, uh, that's going down a road. I'm not sure I want to go. Yeah, let's not, let's not. Uh, say, let's... <laughs> uh, but Scott is not here with us today. Uh, he's uh, he's he's doing family stuff. Um, so we're just us three. Um, but we have a great cast for you. Uh, as as KD mentioned, you went to Comic Con. Tell us about that. Yes, I did. It was great. I uh, planned on only going on Friday, but uh, for some reason, the uh, the kind girl at checkout, bless her heart, uh, ended up giving me a three day pass instead of one of those one day uh, bracelets. Ooh! So I took her up day. on that offer. Maybe yeah, I was pretty was lucky. She trying so. to flirt with you or something? I think she she looked genuinely confused with what she was doing, so she just picked up a lanyard, gave <laughs> it to me, and flirts, KD. Oh, okay. Gotta pick up yeah, on the I should have gotten her number. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> just give him a three-day pass. <laughs> I'll remember that for next year. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was fun. So I ended up going Friday and Saturday this past weekend. Uh, the first day, um, I ended uh, I ended up wearing my uh, beautiful KB Mod A t-shirt. I saw that. Comic-Con, you were looking good. Yeah, yeah. Comic-Con's all about, you know, celebrating your most beloved icons and you know what better you know image is there to really celebrate uh, second only to our lord and savior the kb mod a but um I, I absolutely loved the reactions i was getting to that shirt uh like the the main thing i did at comic-con was just stop by booths and talk to like you know smaller local artists like because i bought a shit ton of art from people like there was some really good stuff there and 90% of the people that saw me commented on the KB Mod A shirts and like, your shirt is terrifying. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. And uh, a large amount of people thought it was from like, a, it was like a reference to a horror film. Like it was a character oh, in a horror film. Interesting. Someone, yeah, yeah. So it was going off that effect. I thought it looked like a pretty comical shirt, but I can see how from a distance it would kind of, you know, give a, a wrong message. It's, <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely not a sightly shirt. 
I mean, it's not. It it fits a certain taste. I'll say that. But I'm I'm kind of glad that you wore that around Comic Con to get different people's opinions on it. Yeah, I did. Like, and and then I started bringing up you cosplayed as Twitch Chat. Is that what you? (laughs) No, no. Oh, one that speaking of cosplay, they had something there. Uh, you could take a full body uh, 3D render of yourself and have it like 3D printed into like a figure, which that was very tempting to like uh, just take a pose doing something like that or <laughs> like something ridiculous. It, it was like I think for maybe a three inch figure, it was a hundred dollars to get 3D printed and shipped to you, oh, wow. which isn't that feels, terrible. That feels like a lot for a three inch figure. I mean, um, I guess if it's custom, I, I guess it's not yeah, crazy. It's, it might be, it might be like four, maybe five inches. Uh, it definitely wasn't as small as I'm saying. Okay. Or as I'm making it sound, but they had like different sizes. It was like they had they went up to like a pretty decent size. Like if you want to figure the size of a monster can, I'll say that you know I have one in front of me. Like mm. a figure that big would be like you know four hundred dollars. Jeez. Yeah, it's you but, gotta really you know, want a statue of yourself at that point. Yeah, you must really <laughs> be confident in your cosplay if you want yeah. to kill. But um, but no, that that was cool. I was contemplating doing that. What was cool is that you could get your render done and then decide if you want to get it or not. So I was I was thinking about doing that, but you have to keep that pose for yeah. a considerable amount of time. I was gonna say, how long so, does it take for them to do the scan? I think five minutes. Oh wow, you gotta hold a pose what? for five yeah. minutes. I have to. Damn. I was gonna like uh, do a slip thing too. The anime girl pose. One of those. Yeah, I have to hold that. It was was great. I wanted to get a picture with like a lot of people cosplaying. Like I was initially not gonna do it because I feel awkward taking pictures with people. But um, like I was walking up to like these like Five Nights at Freddy's like full body cosplays. I was like, hey, can I get a picture with you guys? But can we all do this? doing that and so just having like characters i, I went out walked it to like a, a pyramid head and a nurse from silent hill and they're both doing this he's holding it up to his helmet so that that kind of made it easier for me just to take like some of the most serious characters and just have them like do the sh- most shitty pose you could think of you were but, pulling like, there's a lot of walk. character huh i was you know i mean they, they could refuse that anytime. no no I, I wasn't i don't think i was rude at all I'm sure. I'm sure you are probably not the most awkward person at Comic Con. I feel confident saying yes. That. That's damn true. My goodness. But uh, oh, there was a. Uh, <laughs> that, that reminds me. My second day, I I wore this Evangelion shirt, which got a lot more positive praise to it. And there's like several cringy people stopping what they're doing, walking in front of me, cutting off traffic. Like, would you get that shirt? I'm like, uh, I got it online at the Yeti. And he just looks at me and then starts taking off. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. But um, yeah, that was cool. And then uh, the main thing I went for, there were a lot of uh, cool actors there. I saw Charlie Cox, who who's Matt Mercer on Daredevil. Uh, no, Matt Murdock. What am I saying? Um, <laughs> I was saying Matt Mercer is a different person. Actor. Yeah, completely different. But um, and then there was uh, King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. There was uh, I can't remember her name. It was the the original one of the original actresses for Star Trek was there. Uh, the original Red Ranger was there. That was awesome. Voice actor for Finn from Adventure Time. That was cool. But I went to go mainly. I was super pumped to see Jessica Negri. I'm a huge Jessica Negri fan, and mm-hmm. so like I went to her panel. That was a lot of fun. Like it was just hilarious the whole time. So I was pretty happy to go to that. You but, get a picture um, with Jessica Negri. 
I did. Nice. Uh, but yeah. And cool. um, I was gonna say, there was one person that uh, it was in like a Q and A, and um, she like they did like an extended Q and A with Jessica Nugent, and she goes up and says like, uh, uh, Jessica, you're I've been watching you do cosplay for years now and I love all your work. It's, and it's really inspired me to do cosplay myself. And I really just hate all the hate people saying that you're just being a sex figure or you're dressing like a slut. And I hate all that. And she's like, Oh, thank you. And she's like, yeah, you've, you've really inspired me to, you know, be cosplay. I want to be exactly like you. Well, not slutty, but <laughs> and she says oh. that. And the oh. whole auditorium is just dying laughing. Everyone's going, whoa, whoa, hey. And it, it was so funny. And that girl's like frantically apologizing. Yeah. It, it was pretty you funny. You only get one shot at those questions up on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One guy did get up in line and uh, said, they did like a rapid fire. And so he goes up to the microphone for Q&A and goes, is it pronounced GIF or JIF? And the whole audience is like, oh. <laughs> and uh, she said like, she answered with would rather fight 10 duck sized horses or one horse sized oh, duck. See. She deflected. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, she got ideal response. Mm. But, um, I would, I would know, like to is... know her stance on the GIF versus GIF battle. So that's kind of unfortunate. Oh, it's such well, a defensive. She's a GIF then. If she's not willing to admit. Actually, that she's you're probably GIF. right. You're probably right. Yeah. That's the, the only reason. Enough. Yeah. The only reason she would choose not to answer is if she knew she was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, I, I really just bought a shitload of beautiful art from people. I'll probably post a lot of pictures on Twitter, but there's just so much good stuff. I'm not going to hold it in front of the webcam, but yeah, waiting on getting frames for them now. Some really good like watercolor, uh, watercolor Zelda and like uh, Full Metal Alchemist. There's this really good Okami print, all really good price too. So, and it was really cool meeting all these people. I have about a stack of forty business cards. Cool. So yeah, it was just cool interacting with all those people, some really talented people. That was the main reason I went. But um, yeah, it was a pretty successful uh, couple of days. Was that your first, uh, like your first Comic Con? No, I think that was my third or maybe fourth okay. cool. Comic Con. But yeah, definitely my favorite so far. Awesome. I was I was um had a bad experience a couple of years ago when I I wasn't really as good with my money as I used to be, and so I kind of sort of got tricked into buying these two like plushies from an anime that were like he told me they were super rare and then i look <laughs> them up and they're on amazon for half price what i paid for oh. and it was like no refunds oh that's a yeah. that sounds like a classic yeah. comic-con move it was it was a classic uh yeah exactly young young naive classic boy. Heartless vendor. that's yeah. why i was like i'm only gonna buy things from not big vendors i'm gonna buy them from you know the people no i'm not gonna buy like you know the the official artwork, I guess. But I mean, I would just, you know, I'm trying to say just like from, from local artists, like stuff that they yeah. drew, not like, yeah. yeah so support, it was really cool. Supporting like independent artists and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was cool doing that. Only thing I really bought that wasn't that was like a, I'll hold it up here. It's my wallet. So hopefully my ID doesn't poke out for the camera. It's a, if you're an audio listener, it's a Zelda Majora's mask wallet. Pretty cool. beautiful. Oh, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Thank you. But yeah, um, it's pretty fun. And um, it definitely has me more excited uh, for next year. Because when you go to Comic-Con, you're really spending money on a ticket to spend money once you're there. That's like, if you're, if you're not going there with money to spend. It kind of seems yeah. like, a, like a, a show to just spend money on things. Exactly, yeah. But um, yeah, I had the money to spend and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Cool. 
ended with a lovely dinner at Denny's. So can't complain. Oh man, you were, what a what a week. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, I got another country fried steak. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm the kind of person I'll find one good thing and just keep, you know, eating. You that. stick like, with it. Yeah, I stick with it. That's why that's, I like. Things that's like, the beauty uh, of Denny's. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have about twenty more country fried steaks right now and be uh, <laughs> that or the uh, the bourbon chicken skillet or the Gouda chicken skillet. Can we, we? Okay, for extra life, we need to take our equipment to to a Denny's and do a podcast from a Denny's. I would love to make or, that work. That, that I feel would. like Den- Denny's is like Denny's is a private space. That's for us. That's, to, that's for us to enjoy time with Denny. Mm, with Denny, with we America's don't, don't, Yeah, we don't need the internet being part of that experience. It's way too intimate. It really what are you is. talking about Twitch. Twitch has a category just for that IRL. <laughs> that's true. Well, maybe one of these days. That's yeah, possible. Actually, days. actually, will we see a volition stream at a Denny's? I think I don't know, it's possible. Yeah. Possible. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out for the future. Can you finish your Hitman playthrough out of Denny's? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could if I was going to do an IRL stream. There is a reasonable chance Denny's would be a location I would consider. Okay, I will, I will say that much. Excellent. I feel like IHOP, as bad as that sounds, would be easier to have, like hook up a stream there. Because that place is going to be dead at midnight. You know? <laughs> well, I didn't see where you were going with that, but now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just <laughs> the casual, the casual shot a... at IHOP. I don't know, man. Maybe I need to. I just had IHOP has good breakfast food, but other than that, they just don't really bring it, in my opinion. I made the one, a mistake one time of getting the sirloin steak at an IHOP. Took oh up my. about a fourth of the plate. Uh, another fourth was corn, and a half of the plate was mashed potatoes. And, and uh, yeah, it's not a good I, night. Yeah, I would not recommend a sirloin steak at a breakfast joint, but definitely not, definitely no. not a place that is known for pancakes. Yeah. As it turns mm-hmm. out, you cook steak and pancakes slightly differently. So yeah, yeah, no better for next time. I went to IHOP expecting you know something like America's Diner. <laughs> I should have you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many I think many That's... people are uh, are under the impression that they're on the same level, but you know, it only it only takes it takes the wisdom of experience to know the difference. <laughs> yes. That reminds me of like my um it just irks me every time I think about this, but like uh my cousin's wife like they go to the coast a lot and at the coast there's magnificent seafood, you know, and mm-hmm. they and some of the best seafood you can get but for whatever reason, there's this one spot we really like to go to, and she gets chicken strips. Like, oh. why, why chicken strips? Chicken strips at like, a seafood mm-hmm. joint? Yeah, and it's like, they're not, even, they're not even that good. They look like like they just took something from a freezer and then fucking deep fried it. You know, it's like, oh God, why do you do this to yourself or me? <laughs> I don't want to even be in your presence. Like, there's so much... Even the chowder is amazing. Like, come on, like kids just don't, just don't get. Yeah, it just reminded me, you know, steak at an IHOP, whatever. But yeah. Anyways, sorry. Always, always good to lean into uh, to specialties where, wherever you are. If you're at a seafood place, you know, unless you're like allergic to seafood, get the seafood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Uh, anything else you guys have been doing aside from uh, Comic Con shenanigans? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got some freelance work here in the last week, so I'll be doing cool. social media about for a company called Rio Toro. They're, they're a hardware company, um, basically from a bunch of old Corsair employees, and um, I think they launched Rio Toro like three years ago. But anyway, so... Um, you can't see any of any of it now, but if you follow like Rio Toro on Twitter and stuff, you'll s- start seeing some memes and stuff. You know, in the next few weeks. And mm, okay, so you're gonna me. so you're gonna start. Uh, you're, you're gonna try and be the next uh, Denny's or Wendy's, Arby's or Sonic the Hedgehog. Think yeah. of a uh, think of a uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't uh, don't give away don't give away any secrets. I feel like if you if you haven't even started yet, no. I'm sure you're brimming with ideas. I am. So you just how many uh, how many retweets for a free Rio Toro computer <laughs> for a lifetime? <laughs> Eighteen million retweets for unlimited computers. <laughs> God damn it! I will probably be doing some giveaways though. So if you guys just want the inside scoop. Um, we we are going to be probably giving away some hardware. So if uh, okay. you guys want cases, all-in-one coolers, power supplies, uh, all that jazz, you know, just um, you can find me or Toro online. But yeah, that's what's been going on with me. Um, cool. Did a hike this last weekend. Um, cool. Still a little too muddy, but admittedly mm. it was gorgeous out, so we had to get out. Um, but other than that, you know, not really too much going on, so... All right. Well, I uh, in a in a rare change, I, I actually had some stuff going on. I went to two concerts this week. Uh, yes, which was which was really fun. I mean, normally I've never been to back to back concerts like of different types. I've been to festivals, you know, where they're like two or three days long. But uh, it just so happened that two bands I wanted to see one was in San Francisco on Thursday night, and one was in Oakland on Friday night. I went to two concerts in two nights. Uh, I went and saw Perfect Circle and then Coheed and Cambria. And both were, were really good. Nice. Only thing that was frustrating, and I tweeted about this because I was frustrated. A Perfect Circle, I mean, if you if you know the band, my guess is you probably know one song of theirs. Their most famous <laughs> song is Judith. And it's like it's a great song. It's like really hard. It's it you know, played on rock stations for many years probably still plays on the radio like it's one of their most popular songs ever didn't play it just didn't did, didn't even bother uh. um and so i i kind of knew that that might happen because uh, the front man is is a little bit egotistical and stuff uh, but that was that was the only down point of the show it was like it was a great show but come on like you you haven't toured for a few years now you know what people want to hear and uh that's like uh i don't know if you've heard of that hipster band like mgmt um mm-hmm. they have that kids kids song i guess they refuse to play kids uh, outside of big events but mm. um, or at least they have in the past from what i heard but yeah it's uh i mean i'm i'm not i'm not like huge on i i guess the, i don't i don't like when you think that like the art is above the experience like why people mm-hmm. are paying for a ticket and I think that's the only thing that upsets me is like as someone who thinks often in like rational business terms, it's like, look, I understand if you you make a set list and you think that this is like the most artistically interesting thing you could do. 
but also people are paying money to be there and you know that this mm-hmm. is like your most popular song for a reason and it's not like you you know you can take some artistic uh like i don't know you can go a little out of the box but when you haven't toured in a long time and you don't play the like the biggest song you've ever done it just seems weird to me it seems like you'd want to right like that's what's going to get the yeah. crowd hyped up so that was uh anyway that was uh it was fun it was a good show other than that cool um and coheed was really good yeah yeah coheed was great um and that yeah. ven- that venue is a little more intimate it was in like a, a theater sort of setting so we were actually up you know just i don't know 20 20 feet from the stage oh, cool. Um, cool. so that was yeah that was a great show and and yeah, actually totally. i've uh sorry to cut you off but both nights we went to a diner afterward and that was yes. like maybe maybe better than the concerts themselves i also had a chicken fried <laughs> steak on thursday night yes. with chicken fried steak with eggs Oof. and then uh friday night we went to a diner right next door and I got uh, huevos rancheros, which is excellent. That's a I don't know if everyone knows what huevos rancheros are, but it's like it's like eggs with tortillas and salsa. It's kind of a Mexican breakfast dish. Oh right, right, right. Okay, fantastic. So um, cool. Yeah. So had a had a had a nice week and that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, Kohi just they kill it live. Like I remember when I saw them. I think maybe a year ago. Uh, paying for like the priority access tickets, like being up there on the bar, is absolutely worth it. Like Claudio, he just he just like is so captivating on stage. Like he just keeps the energy going all the time. Yeah, yeah. He I didn't realize he was uh, he's as old as he is. Like he's nearly forty, and he yeah. does he doesn't look it. I mean, I guess maybe he does up close, but just when he's on stage, you're right. He brings a, like a ton of presence as a front man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, they, they they do put on a great show. Awesome, cool. Oh, that's, they that's play a lot of did. stuff from uh, their new album. Um, not really. They actually they played a, a lot of stuff I wasn't super familiar with. Like I'm not a I'm not a the I'm not a super hardcore Coheed fan. Like I know a fair bit of their stuff, but it's mainly from uh, only from a couple of albums. So there's okay. there's a couple other albums they've done that I'm I'm not as familiar with, and I think they played a bunch of stuff from those albums. So okay, um, it was a great show, but I actually didn't recognize as many songs as. Uh, as I had the previous show of theirs that I went to. Yeah, when um yeah, when I saw them, they definitely pandered to the first couple of albums, which yeah. I, mean, I appreciate it, but I can see a lot of people definitely not their most popular. Yeah, songs. I was kinda surprised. They they played very little off of uh like off of their new their new album, which which did surprise me. But it was almost I like mean, the I reverse the, the reverse problem from a perfect circle that like they played all their like old stuff, just like the classic favorites that a lot of people liked, but I'm not as familiar with their old stuff. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Awesome. Well cool. Can't so what's uh what have we been playing, gentlemen? Um I'll go ahead and start us off. Yeah, start us off, Katie. Uh so Neo came in the mail finally after picking it up on sale. Uh, and I regret to inform you that I have not played it because I have just been so absorbed in Persona 5. All I want to do is play more of that goddamn game. <laughs> I want to hang out with Ryuji some more. I want to work at the flower shop some more. Please stop that game. talking about the game before no. you get it. Like, a oh, notice. I'm sorry. Take down, like, My please. favorite part will be the event that takes place after July 7th. Where, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no very funny yeah but 
Yeah, that game is just outstanding. Like everything about that. That is like, I feel for a lot of people that's a great gateway uh, JRPG. If that's something you want to get into, like the Persona games, they always like really amaze me. Like their prologues take forever. Like it take it'll take you about at least eight hours to feel like you've actually started the game. But that whole time, you're just completely like me. I'm I'm so interested in everything. The characters are like really well done. The the voice acting. I mean, it's not an all around A plus for voice acting, but for the main cast, it's it's some pretty some decent work. And yeah, the option for Japanese voices if you want that. But um, yeah, just it's always remarkable to me how they can keep the interest going and like where large parts of the game will have you focus on like, you know, social life stuff instead of, you know, dungeons. And there's such a healthy balance between those two. There's this really cool feature where uh, you can um, connect online and see the, the percentages of what everyone else did on the certain day that you are at. So you can see oh, like, cool. okay, this, these many, uh, like this many people finished the dungeon this early, this many people, you know, went studying or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just wish the game would have told me to take, you know, another day to do the fucking thing so I didn't lose, you know, three you're hours still, of progress. You're still upset about that. I'm still super salty about that. <laughs> Even after I beat it with one day left, I'm just on the edge of my seat hoping I don't die in a cutscene. But I mean, what's, a, what's another three hours in a hundred plus hour game? Oh, well, I, I suppose you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it did give me the chance to, you know, optimize some stuff or get some chests that I missed. Because you have to make lock picks in advance for certain lock chests, uh, but yeah, so it gave me a chance to do that. Uh, someone else go real quick. I really have to take a shit. I know it's unprofessional. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. Well, okay. So sorry. Dude. Okay. Well, that's uh, you know that's how this works with a live production. Um, well, while we wait for Katie to get back, uh, Brad, what have you been playing? I've been trying to get into rest. Um, Trying to get into Rust. What does that mean coming from you? Well, so they did a big update to the engine, and um, but to do that, they had to wait like another week just to iron out some some bumps. Um, but the problem was that wait basically pushed us over like like a month of playing since like the last time we played on a server. Or something like that, and I don't know. I just can't get back into it. I don't know what, if it's where we're at or it's just uneventful. But hmm. I don't know. Um, I think the other thing is too. I just have a lot of games I want to play right now. Yeah. So I've been playing. Um, I played a few hours of ukulele. Oh yeah, um, you, you seem to like that. Yeah. Yeah, my first impressions are pretty good. Um, but I do see where some of the criticism is coming from because it is a little hard to like some things you come accustomed to from like playing current gen games. It's like the game could really benefit from like having a map, for instance, like, oh, wow. you know, like really basic stuff that like Maps would be really nice. Yeah. Um, or like being able to skip cutscenes. Like, um, so if you do something in ukulele and you try it, but then you mess up, you have to rewatch the cutscene again and you can't skip it. Uh, so yeah. like when you're doing a 3d platformer, you're going to mess up a lot. So, and you're, or you're going to die a lot and you will go through those dialogue scenes or whatever it might be quite a bit. 
And uh, some of the stuff's pretty challenging, which I I find pretty nice. But I think what's actually frustrating about the challenge is I have to watch a stupid cutscene every time. So um, that kind of put a damper on my mood. But other than that, it's a little quality of life changes. Yeah. I mean, it was kickstarted and I don't know. They're they're pretty active on updating the game. I think they're going to be. Um, So I'm... I just have a few hours in and I barely scratched the surface, but so far it's, it's decent. It's um, definitely a call to the old banjo games, you know, something that rare would have produced like this game I would expect is like, if they didn't stop making games, you know, after their acquisition, like I imagine this would be it, but it just feels like it's 10 year old. It's 10 years old, but with, with today's graphics, but I don't yeah. know. Um, and then I've been playing Battlegrounds, of course, mm. um, which I think you've been playing a lot too, right? Oh yeah. Which I've been liking. I'm I'm anticipating the update this week. This week they're going to be doing a performance improvement patch, and you know, it's just some quality of life stuff. They've already done some stuff with like, uh, like footprints or footprints. Uh, the sound of feet, like people walking and opening doors and and fixing like rain and thunder and stuff like that. Um, uh, but as far as I can tell, you know, it could definitely benefit from some performance improvement. Um, they have done some server side stuff. So it's like, I don't know, when we were first playing, like when it first launched, you had to like mash, like the collect button, the use button, mm-hmm. you know, which, which for me is F. So you just mash, 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 mash. And like, eventually you'll pick it up or like you'll get in and out of a car five times. Um, you know, uh, but, but other than that, you know, it's, it's so nice, you know, trying to get it back into H1. I'm just, I can't do it. Um, I tried, tried their update, but it's just like, uh, battlegrounds is so good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I, like, what else have you been playing? Cause that was it for me, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I play, I've played a, a very small amount of Hearthstone, um, and I've been trying to kind of get into this expansion, but I've been, I think I've just been a little bit demoralized because this expansion feels so expensive compared to past ones. Uh, and like, I thought it was, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have like gone on to Reddit and, you know, started looking around at other, other opinions, but that's your uh, problem, yeah. Yeah, well, um, and that that generally doesn't help things, but uh, but like when I I bought fifty dollars worth of packs and I and only got like a couple legendaries, uh, and I don't have any of like the legendary quests. Uh, I'm basically like I'm not able to make some of the uh, like the decks that seem like they're really strong right now, and I can't really mm-hmm. experiment with those, and that uh, that kind of like has dampened a little bit of my excitement for for this expansion. Uh, but the other piece is I've I've mainly just been I've been engrossed with Battlegrounds uh in a way that I've not been engrossed in a game recently. So that's been pretty much all I've played uh over the past oh, yeah. several days and I played um I've actually played with some with KD. Like I I've, I've been playing with some groups um cuz it's it's just it's so much fun in a group. And uh we oh, actually so got much. Yeah, we got uh I got my first my first team win uh with KD and a couple others. And what we actually a win got, that was! That yeah, was it was sexy. it was a great win, and then we got another win back to back. So like two back to back wins, mm-hmm. um, felt really good. And we actually got another win, a team win uh, yesterday. Playing with, oh uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so I like feel like duos is my favorite. 
I don't know. Duos, duos is, is really fun. Nice I think duo, duos is definitely. Um, I think duos like is the most can be the most dynamic because it's only two people, and so you you feel like you've got. Um, I feel like everyone kind of spreads out a lot with the mm-hmm. larger group games. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of times groups will always hit certain spots, and uh, so it can be hard to like start a game. And if you if you if you get to another spot that another group is at. Like you're probably both gonna end up losing because like they'll lose at least one person, you'll lose at least one person. Um, but I think the group games are really fun, and both of the wins that we got, I had a very low number of kills. Um, and I think it's it says something where even games where I'm not really the one doing the killing still feel very tense. Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, my only problem right now is kind of like you were talking about some of the sinking stuff so like Mm -hmm. when you when your animation picks something up but it doesn't actually pick something up or when you try and get in the car but like you accidentally get in and then get out because it's like not it's not responding quickly enough um and those are frankly those are like things i would kind of expect from an early access game so i'm not uh i'm not necessarily surprised by them and i'm i would expect that to get better over time but uh but it's really just it's little the little pieces where it needs polish that like I mean, the game, I think the core of the game is just so good already. Um, but I do, I, I do hope to see maybe like some, um, some more, like some more, uh, some more like mods and weapons and things. Cause I feel like right. it, at, over time, it probably will get a little bit stale. In terms oh, they are going to the... add a new weapon in the next update. Ooh. So they said. So they said cool. No. But they had like oh. schematics or something of like the design on a computer screen. That's only got railgun. But people in the and the replies said what it was. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I wish Scott was here because I was going to shit on him while he was here about playing. I can't watch his streams anymore because like <laughs> I just want to. I want a backseat game the whole time because it's like Scott. <laughs> Oh, you, have, no. you have no armor. Why did you just leave that level two behind? Or like you have no helmet. <sighs> And, like, helmets are so important in this game. Mm-hmm. Why did you skip over those? Or, like, Scott, you you have all this ammo for this pistol that you've been carrying for the last half hour. Why did you swap out the pistol for something else and not pick up any ammo for it? Like, it's, like, I just wanted to give him a hard time about it. But it's, like, oh, my God, Scott. And that's the thing. Like, everybody <laughs> has their own style of playing, of course. And it's very different. Because um, I like to be pretty strategic well, I think I'm being strategic with um, with what what stuff I'm picking up. But some people just go balls deep, like, you know, drop as soon as they can and just, like, think, you know, like, fuck it. If I, I'm going to make it to the last, I'm, I'm going to make it to the end with a fucking frying pan. I'm going to make it to the end, you know, so. Mad <laughs> um, men. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've, been uh, I've been really enjoying it. I think the only the only thing I, I would like to see from a gameplay perspective is I uh, you mentioned a new gun and it's like I I do hope they release new guns and stuff. I think that would make it, you know, more fun over time. But also just like I feel like the attachments right now are a little imbalanced cuz like the suppressor is just like god tier, right? Yes. And everything else yes. is like eh, it's you know, it's like it's fine, but it doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the suppressor is game changing and the same thing with the, the ACOG 4X scope. It's like, that's a game oh, changer. Yeah. If you don't have that, you're at a huge disadvantage going into the, some of the later rounds. 
And so like, I, I would love to see just some variation on other things that are as impactful as those two. Cause it's like, you basically always want a cog and a suppressor on your weapon. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I think you would never pick another. Just, uh, you would never pick another uh, like attachment on the end of your gun other than a suppressor if you had a suppressor, and I think that's exactly. like not that's not great for the game. Yeah. yeah, I think they should add just maybe a little bit of screen zoom to like the red dot on the hollow side, just to like you know put them on the same level. But um, yeah, right now the four X and eight X just dominate. I mean, there's no question about. But it. you same get that when you press shift. You know, when you hold your breath. You can hold you your breath. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I didn't you think you breath with a red dot. Yeah. When you hold your breath with a red dot, you actually zoom in. Like, Ooh. it's not oh, much, but me. you can get a little. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's pretty nice. Always, always new right. things to learn with the game. I'll redact to that. But yeah, I've I've just basically been playing that a whole bunch uh, with a group this weekend, and it's just it is one of it is really one of those mm-hmm. games where you can just you know. You you and your you and your group die, and it's just like let's just go again, let's just go again. It's one of those games where oh yeah, you mm-hmm. end up all of a sudden it's four in the morning because you just want to keep going <laughs> one more time, and uh, so it's it's been bad for my sleep schedule, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. So I'm I'm, I, I'm definitely like looking forward to their patches and stuff. I feel like this is one one of those games where I will keep track of new patches and be excited for new patches, um, in a way that I haven't been with a game like that for a while. So I, what are you doing after the cast, Brandon? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe some, maybe some battlegrounds. I just remembered. Um, I almost won a match. Um, well, I've won a, I've won a couple matches, but this one in particular was interesting because we were doing we're doing fours. It was just me and my buddy, but my buddy was uh, left. We had four people, two died, and it was just me and my buddy. But the person I was playing with was just drunk as hell and he was just like <laughs> basically i was driving him around while he was eating cheese it's and drinking beer but like oh my god but the the best part was i got us kept getting us in the circle and getting us loot and stuff to the point where i stopped hearing from him and i guess i heard from him the next day he just passed out of his keyboard but like <laughs> i i got <sighs> us i got us to number two and oh like my god there's four people, so it was a left, and it was the whole other squad. So I took out one person, and I was just going around, and I managed to keep him alive because he was in the car. So I like kept moving <laughs> him, and like there's like an escort mission. Well, basically, because before that, it was like we we're I was I was watching a hill. I I took out a couple people approaching us. I got their stuff, you know, healed up, moved along. I was doing really well, and then uh, it was like. You know, the circle was really coming down, and I just had to let him go because I couldn't risk moving the car anymore. (laughs) But we were number two. You know, if he just didn't pass out at his keyboard, could have been number one. But (laughs) I I brought him all the way there, and it was pretty nice. So um, I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was was fun as hell because it was like, great, now I just need to bring my retarded friend around everywhere I go, and I'm going to see if I can get number one because that's even a better feat. It's like... Not only did I make it to the end, but I brought my drunk ass friend all the way through, and he did jack shit, and I basically <laughs> carried him. But yeah, it's like uh, a VIP I, I was, mission. Yeah, so it was. I'll take number two, but you know, it was a whole squad that I had to deal with. But uh, 
I think those types of moments number are, what, are what make the game so much fun because like there are a lot of times where you'll get number two in that situation, but the one time you get number one in that situation, there's there are very few better feelings. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of it too. I've been trying to get better. I, I definitely, if you're if you're planning on improving or if you're planning on winning, definitely make sure you have Frost on your team and give him the sniper <laughs> rifle if you find it because that is a guaranteed <laughs> win right there. That guy's a beast. I, I did feel like, you know, it was uh, it was me, you, Frost, or uh, yeah, me, Brandon, Frost, and Ty- our boy Tycoon Mike was on the team. And uh, it does feel like certain points like me and Mike are being babysitted by, you know, <laughs> which I'm fine with that. I'm learning. Yeah. But like, I just remember that one game when uh, both of you had died. We both jump in the car. I drive away in a frantic with no game <laughs> sense, just trying to get away. I park the car right next to an enemy team, jump out, and we both get sprayed down. Yeah. Game uh, as it turns so. out, uh Battlegrounds punishes you for uh, perhaps lacking game sense. Yes. It does. <laughs> I, I seem to get a feel for uh like it definitely you need a careful ear to you know pick out where a bullet is coming from instead of, you know, like the sound of it hitting close to you or like zooming past you. Yeah. That's just something I need to get like, It's definitely sense like CS:GO levels of of sound mattering. Like if if you can't hear if if you can't hear or tell which direction things are coming from, like you're you're going to lose. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's very punishing when it comes to the the way you play. Like even someone accidentally clicking on their mouse, you know, and firing a shot, like that can mm-hmm. end your team just because now all of a sudden everyone uh, around you knows that there's someone in your vicinity, and uh, so it's cool to have that tension. Um, and yeah, yes. I just I've. Yeah, as we sit here talking about it, like I just want to queue up. I want to play more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but, for sure. But we have a podcast to do, so you know what, Brad? Why don't you tell us what's going on in KB Mud? Uh, not too much this week. Nothing crazy going on. A um, couple things to point out. Uh, you still have a regular streams going on. Make sure you're following us. Following us, excuse me, at Twitch TV slash KB Mod. Um, and we have all sorts of cool streams going on. Uh, next Saturday, though, we're playing Bad Company 2. So ooh, reinstall ooh. that bad boy. and uh, Reinstall and, it? I never uninstalled it. Well, <laughs> some, some people out there I know have precious SSD space. So, you know. Um, all right, all right. Um, but other than that, you know, that's not really, that's the only change to our streaming schedule, at least what I'm aware of. But as far as our content goes, which you can go, see by going to kbmod.com uh we have a new review of a basically a rhythm shooter called arrow hopefully i'm pronoun- pronouncing that right a-a-e-r-o by Acero six um check out what he had to say there about the game um and you know leave us a comment and if you have any questions you know we'll make sure we get back to you uh but it looks like a f- cool little fun uh rhythm on rail shooter so um check that out Zero six, your fucking boy pumping out reviews for this website like a goddamn champion. Can we like get it. some hands on the chat? Like it, please. I know that doesn't translate well to a podcast listener, but you can <laughs> raise your hands up wherever you are listening to this. Unless you're driving, I'm sure. Please don't raise your hands. Around. Keep your hands on the wheel. That's true. Drive safely. Yeah, maybe not that. <laughs> maybe just kind of wiggle your feet a little bit. We'll get yeah, it. ask ask your ask your passenger to do it in your stead. Yeah, if you're in class, just uh. <laughs> Uh, tell your teacher. Also, you know, good on you for listening to the podcast, uh, you know, in class. You've got your priorities and 
straight. But. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're in your like your uh, your rest period, near, like hanging out in the cafeteria or something. You can raise up That's your hands. True. Raise yeah. up your beegs. Raise your beegs. <laughs> Take the no. gun out of your backpack and. No. Oh, okay. No. No. All right. That's uh, so too in the real. news this week. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, I got nothing. I, I was going to say that, about... boy, if you could have segued yourself out of that one, <laughs> yeah. it would have been impressive. From gun violence into Burger King <laughs> advertisements. Yeah. But that would be a segue of champions. <laughs> yeah. So our first news story here, uh, this is a, a technology-related news story uh, to scare everyone uh, into who, who has like a home of the future you know, sort of idea going on. Uh, you might have a Google Home or an Alexa uh, and I actually have to be careful that I don't trigger my own when I'm talking about stories like this. <laughs> uh, but uh, Burger King had a had a cute little ad where they they used in the ad they said, "Okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger?" And I'm and actually like I probably tri- we probably triggered someone's Google Home just by saying that. So I I apologize <laughs> in advance. Uh, but they they thought it would be funny to like you know have this ad on and then it triggers people's Google home and then it starts reading the Wikipedia article for the, the Whopper, yeah. which so I this is just like such a bad idea on so many levels, but what, what are your thoughts? Well, so let's, let's get a couple things straight. So basically what Burger King did is there, I forget who it was, was some marketing specialist or something basically edited the Wikipedia article, you know, beforehand yeah. knowing knowing that it was going to do that. And so, but what they didn't consider was Wikipedia. Anybody can edit your page. So what they had said, um, uh, basically the last decade, Wikipedia's page for the Whopper began with more or less the same sentence. The Whopper sandwich is a signature hamburger product sold by the international fast food restaurant chain, Burger King and Australian franchise Hungry Jack's. Last week, uh, they changed it to the Whopper is a burger consisting of a flame grilled patty with 100% beef with no preservatives or fillers, <laughs> topped with sliced wow. tomatoes, onions, lettuce, pickles, and a yada yada yada. Basically, ad copy. Um, and of course, you can see who made edits, and it's their marketing chief. Um, but like I said, anybody can edit these. So, um, Let's just say some people's had some interesting ingredients that they've added to the Wikipedia article, and um, and it wasn't so pleasant for for people <laughs> with a Google Home. Um, but uh, it was <laughs> it was only aired nationally. You know, it wasn't some some okay names like History, Spike, Comedy Central, MTV. Uh, Adult Swim, The Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, you know, just just a couple small runs. Yeah, the small um, indie outfits. Yeah. And so um, Google actually had to intervene on the 12th, and they updated all their homes so they would stop responding to the Burger King's commercial. Um, and uh, the Wikipedia page has also been reverted. But that's pretty crazy that Google had to pay some intern or somebody to basically program the Google home to say like, okay, if anybody says, okay, Google, what is the Whopper? Like, please ignore that request. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's uh I'm I'm like amazed that someone thought this was a good idea. It's one of those things that's like cute and you people like, you know, when you're listening to no, podcasts and stuff. Idea. I like it. I think it's it's smart. It's not I, th- bad I, I don't think this builds trust at all. Like to take advantage of basically to to like ingrain in people's minds that voice enabled devices in your home are are like still out of your control. I don't think that inspires like confidence in anyone or endears people to your brand. Like, I don't that's, think people think it's cute, right? Because it, that's, because that's a of, thing though. Cause like people, people think it's funny when they try and get Alexa to make a fart noise. So, I mean, you're really overestimating, I think the level of people's care. I mean, with, maybe, with maybe I am, but like it, it, it might've been innocent this time. But like with a with an Alexa, you I mean you can order things on Amazon. So like you could this commercial could just as easily have ordered something, and obviously they would almost certainly never do that. But I think reminding people that any audio playing in your home could trigger like this device that is supposed to be personal, I think it's just a, a terrible idea. And obviously like it backfired, right? Like I don't think Burger King. Well, I don't know if. If you subscribe to like, there's no such thing as bad publicity, then maybe they're being talked about more than they would be otherwise, and so maybe they win out. But aside I mean, from having what else that, is there to talk about about the water? Aside from if we like... if we put aside that meta conversation, like <laughs> I don't think this is a net positive for their brand. When the day, like what the day after, or no, maybe like the day this like gets press, Google literally disables it. Like you, you <laughs> lose your whole ad spend. That's like that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, I, I I hope that people will not like. I hope that for the sake of consumers out there, brands will not like will will not take advantage of the fact that there's they know where their commercial is going to play. Like because there's something playing on my TV, and you know I might have some device triggering it. I think is sort of breaking the trust that uh, that you're trying to build, presumably with an advertisement. So that seems weird to me, uh, but. Speaking of taking advantage of devices, oh, nice segue. Uh, some, this... uh, some. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, this is this this next news story <laughs> is just like so stupid and hilarious. Um, so inmates in an Ohio prison built computers hidden in the ceiling, and then connected <laughs> them to the prison network. And like basically hacked, sort of hacked into the prison network. I no, it wasn't even that. It was it was um. So they literally stole one of the uh, jail, like the officers, like login credentials, and just used the internet under his name. So like somehow, they just like paid attention to the dude like pressing key by key or something. But like yeah. um. So what got them caught was basically their IT was like, wait a second, what? This guy's using a lot of data, and he's not. <laughs> oh he's yeah, not, he's not even um, working right now. So, um, <laughs> yes, it, pretty amazing though. Um, it's amazing you know, because the the computers they built the computers from like spare parts from this. Uh, I guess this you know prison program where the inmates take apart com- old computers for recycling. And I right. guess they like smuggled uh. some of those parts and then put them together. I just this whole story seems so far fetched to me. Like how how do you have like a router 
a network hub close enough yeah. where inmates in a cell can hook up a computer. <laughs> yeah, I like how when into you know what they were really looking up, mainly just porn. It said it was loaded <laughs> with porn and then things like uh, they did get antivirus software. So good on them. Oh, okay. Well, I mean that's uh, good. At least they were they're trying to be safe. But yeah, other well, sh- other stuff like you know password hacking, email spamming tools, uh, stuff about making homemade drugs and explosives, and uh, credit card stuff. So not all, not all good stuff. And also found on there uh, was a large amount of traffic to the kbmod.com. Uh, so and they're definitely listening to the podcast. My understanding, we are a big hit in prisons, so that that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah. They love us in prison. <laughs> I have to imagine uh, there will probably be people fired over this. Like, I, I just can't even imagine. I can't imagine being able to do one part of this, let alone like construct a full PC, have access to the PC, like <laughs> use the PC, connect it to a network hub. Like, none of this in a yeah. prison. How do you do any of this in a prison? <laughs> if you ever. If well, that just says that like somebody's not watching them. That's the thing. Like, well, you know, I yeah. mean, yes, but that's I like. I just I can't even imagine. I guess you would really have to. You would really have to be lackadaisical in terms of security at this prison. Yeah. For people to be able to do this much, and you only find it after like your your IT staff. My understand. I think it was actually the WebSense filter. Like some of you might be familiar with with WebSense. Yeah. Like, they spotted that there was an unusual amount of bandwidth account that's just hilarious to me well it's kind of a weird epidemic because um i've heard of like jails like constantly having to confiscate like cell phones yeah like um cell phones are being smuggled to jails and like people like i don't know what goes through their head but they're like hey i'm a live stream on facebook right now like <laughs> like <laughs> and it, get, it gets them caught of course but like at the same time it's like some of these people are communicating with their family and stuff through Facebook, um, through these cell phones. And somebody even did the, what was that challenge people do where they all stand still? Mannequin like, challenge? No. Yeah, they did not they do did the fucking man- mannequin challenge. They did a mannequin challenge in jail. <laughs> and everybody everybody uh, got in trouble, of course. But uh, how, how does this stuff happen? But yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, we did Crazy see that they were uh, on the jailbreak server in CSGO. A uh, large amount of activity there. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. The, the Rust RP. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. Wow. If, you ever, if you're ever struggling building your own computer, just remember that a, a group of inmates were able to get spare parts and make a functioning computer. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the, the takeaway is that it, it really is not that hard to build your own computer. It really isn't. <laughs> this is the inspiration that some of you might be needing. That's fantastic. No word on specs. That's the one thing. You know. <laughs> we have like an i7. I yeah. was going to say, yeah, it's maybe surprising that they were able to get that much internet activity through like these recycled parts. I mean, th- these had to be like some old Pentiums or something. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, where I'm curious yeah. where, like where did, where would they have gotten a monitor? Like, I don't think, I mean, I could see rebuilding a PC from spare parts, but, like, where are you going to get a monitor? You're not rebuilding a monitor. Yeah, there's no picture of, like, where they, I mean, we see, like, the modem and, like, all the connections and, like, the PC itself being brought down, but you don't really see a monitor anywhere. Yeah, I am curious. Like, I'm, 
I will assume, let's assume that somehow, like, you're able to build the PC and then connect it to the network hub. I'm curious, like, where do you use the PC? Like, are you literally under so little supervision that you're able to just you can, sit yeah. down in your cell and use a PC? <laughs> it's crazy. Seems crazy to me. Getting on the Steam sale. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, man. Well, that's so, crazy. Yeah, inmates, yeah, inmates are doing whatever they can to get to, uh, get to the internet. And uh, Minecraft is doing whatever they can to take more of your money. Ooh, okay. you are uh, on this point stuff, with the segues. Yeah. So we've got um, a, few, head- a few quick hits here. Um, as KD alluded to, Minecraft is launching a community marketplace uh, on the Pocket and Windows 10 versions of the game. And uh, this marketplace, I, we were looking at this before the cast, it, I can't tell exactly like how far each of these uh, like different packs go that they're going to be on sale, but based on this little screenshot from the blog post, uh, there's a like there's some buttons and it says like skin packs, texture packs, worlds, mashup packs. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how deep they will get into like allowing mods, but it it basically looks like they're trying to kind of monetize light modding on these platforms. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. See what you guys think, because it's basically turning Minecraft into like a free-to-play thing. They're having like a currency, Minecraft coins. What an original name! Uh, yeah. And what's I mean, what's interesting to me is like this isn't really all that new for like a, a platform like this because uh, like I was trying out Minecraft on PS4 recently, and on like a console platform, you're actually able to download. There are a bunch of uh, texture packs. They're official like fallout texture packs like rpg texture packs there are like 30 different like you know skins available for you so stuff like this being moved over to like a mobile device isn't really all that like uh all that crazy because it's i think it's been done before on you know consoles but um yeah i think I'm just this gonna is be, the first time god i'm just gonna be upset if the internet doesn't lash out because like that was the thing um, like chat's talking about Valve tried doing this with with uh, in partnership with with the Skyrim developers and publishers with with modding. You know, we want to support our modders, but also at the same time make money mm-hmm. off of their mods. Well, you know, uh, is the internet just going to turn the other way now just because oh, it's Minecraft? Who gives a shit about Minecraft? Like that's the thing. I think people are so devoted to Skyrim that they just. Um, you know, got their pitchforks and started raising hell. But like, I think, I think they're just going to turn the other way because I think people may not pay attention to this because it it only affects the Pocket and Windows 10 versions. Which I'm going to go out on a limb and assume those are pretty small player bases, at least relative to you know the the number of copies of Minecraft out in the world. Um, but it's still, I mean, I agree with you that this is basically the same idea. Um, trying to monetize modding, and uh, I actually am cu- like I'm curious about uh, one specific call out here in their article. They say you know the super important that the creator gets the bigger chunk of the profit or whatever, but they say the app store platforms take a thirty percent cut, but creators get the majority after that. I don't know what that mm-hmm. means because that that wording tells me that it is not a seventy thirty cut; it is a thirty percent cut. And then some other, you know, something else. Yeah. Uh, so saying creators use... get the majority after a thirty percent cut, like I don't know what that means. Majority of thirty percent could be anything more than thirty-five percent. 
Uh, anyway, this I don't know. Uh, I don't have a great feeling about this because I I feel like this is this is kind of the direction that just Windows in general feels like it wants to go is like this closed platform direction where you get your community submitted items through you know the through the Windows Store and Microsoft gets their cut. And I feel like Minecraft is one of the biggest examples of like the huge value in open modding and like op- kind of having your game be so accessible. Um, and I just, I think in general, like I want to see, I would love to see Minecraft be more imaginative now that it's owned by Microsoft. Like we were talking about, it's a big deal in education. Like I would just love to see them doing more interesting things with Minecraft instead of monetizing it in like this weird free to play way. Yeah. Agree there. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I doubt. I mean, I'm I'm doubt. I doubt any listeners even have the the Pocket or Windows 10 versions. If you have one of these versions and you actually play it, I would love to hear from you and understand what like why those are the versions you play. But I did look yeah. up Minecraft on the Windows 10 store, and it costs ten bucks on the Windows 10 store. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. Like, if you're going to launch this community marketplace thing, I think you got to make it free. Like that's the that's the way I would download Minecraft on the Windows 10 store is if it was free and I'd be like sure I'll try this, but ten bucks and then you want to charge like free to play kind of pricing on community mods, I don't know about that. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, but yeah, the next Moving story on. here, uh, I w- I'm not gonna read the the title here as it's written because I feel like one person here has specific opinion. Yeah, which. Brad? It's just really unwarranted. You want to take this one? Hmm? Yeah, I mean, it's the most accurate oh. and fitting. But um, <laughs> this is just disgusting to me. Why'd you give it to him? This is not. This is not a terrible. I'm the one. That, I'm the one. I'm a huge Sega fan. Obviously, okay. I love. Right. Uh, I love uh, Sonic, and uh, games like this just make me sick. I hit up uh, Feminist Frequency right now. Uh, loners rejoice as a uh, bayonetta makes it to PC. So, you know all the all the all you kids out there that just can't you know bypass your dad's filter to watch porn. You can you can at least buy bayonetta on Steam now, so you can get your your um your your gameplay if you know what I mean. Hmm. That sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of opinion wrapped up in what. I thought was going to be an objective news story about the release of Bayonetta on PC. You're a fool. <laughs> You're a fool if you expected that from him. So last uh, April Fools, we all remember 8-Bit Bayonetta dropped on Steam. Beautiful little joke, which also had a countdown uh, that turned out to be on the day of the countdown ending, Bayonetta appears on Steam with a glorious... Uh, run. I haven't picked it up, but from what I've heard, it runs absolutely beautifully. Uh, when in the past, you know, the best it's ever run is on the Wii U at you know, forty to fifty, uh, sometimes sixty FPS. But yeah, this you can. I've I've seen performance at like sixty FPS, like fourteen forty, pretty damn well. Yeah, Bayonetta, one of the best action games ever made. Uh, mm. Only only twenty dollars on Steam. I mean, it's some of it. You have to go into with with the mindset that, that it's absolutely insane does not take itself seriously at all. And uh, yeah, it's just a really good action game. It's a shame that uh, 
Bayonetta 2, probably never going to make it to PC because Nintendo's got a pretty tight uh, tight grip on that because that game really only exists on the Wii U because they picked it up, which, I mean, it's a fantastic game. But probably not going to be on the PC. So, but yeah, if you want to pick up Bayonetta, absolutely do it. Only twenty dollars, uh, just to steal for that game. Really, yeah, it seems like a reasonable price game. for uh, for a, a remake that's you know got basically tier one support uh, when it's a game from exactly. two thousand nine. Exactly. Unlike a uh, Bullet Storm, which decided to be you know a solid fifty sixty dollar price range for uh, some Duke Nukem DLC. Yeah, I think twenty dollars to me feels like that sort of the right price for me to spend on a game that maybe I played back in the day, but I just want to play a new version where I don't have to like hope that it works or try and figure out if, if uh, you know, a game I played on windows 98 or XP is going to work right on windows 10, things like that. Like I think $20 is about, that seems like a reasonable price for a well-made remake, but anything more than that, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a really good price considering the age. I think you know Bayonetta could they could easily bump it to thirty, and I'd say absolutely worth it. But yeah, twenty really a steal. So pick that game up definitely on sale if you want to you know give it a try. Um, yeah, really really solid game. So uh, yeah, speaking of solid, if, uh, <laughs> if you're in China and you oh, masturbate God. and you become solid, then uh, chances wow. are you play. Someone take this away from me. Wow, that oh, that was not good. That was rough. That was rough. Oh, I, I think we're breaking sometimes, even. Now. Sometimes you can just make a hard ways. transition and say, you know, next up. Uh, yeah, I have to remember that's that's an out. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind next time. Sometimes that's the to... only option you're left with. But uh, my immediate thought is just to go to dicks or some kind of joke, which really yeah. shows you what. Well, we'll around. we'll improve your segue skills. Uh, CS:GO. Testing is coming to China, which uh, apparently, according to Brad, the uh, the CS:GO subreddits have been blowing up over this news. Uh, the URL is just csgo.com.cn, uh, so that's a that's kind of a scary URL. That .cn. I'll get uh, a virus from that immediately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks you know it looks official. Uh, it's written in Chinese, so the the best yeah, I can do big, here is Google Translate. The, yeah, the big thing here is people aren't really, you know, the we already have Chinese professional players, at least I'm aware of. Um, it's yeah. not like people aren't playing the game. Um, but what's going to be interesting is with Valve officially coming to China, um, there's a couple different things that uh, the community is really interested about. Uh, basically, when you bring in a game to China and you're doing something with like a, a gambling or unlock system, you have to say the, the rates. You have to publicly disclose them. And so the community is wondering, okay, is Valve going to keep the same rates and pub- publicly disclose that, or are they going to do a different model for the Chinese market? Um, which I think would be pretty interesting in that sense too, and the community would be pretty upset with. But um, either way, it's, it's a bold move for Valve. Um, but that's that's kind of what's got gotten them, you know, you know stirring up the subreddits um yeah because i I don't know oh it's just i just go back to thinking about my favorite people that have made all these these skin websites and you know videos you know montages Mm -hmm. of them opening hundreds of cases and i just i just can't wait to read 
what at what rate am I going to be able to get that knife? You know, the the three hundred dollar knife that everybody wants or something like that. You know, it's just ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'll be curious to see because we, I mean, we saw that like news story pop up uh, around Overwatch. You know that Overwatch, uh, you might have to like give up their drop rate percentage and stuff if if they operate in China. But I don't know that we've really seen that like that law or whatever from China turn into any real information yet, like right. from publishers. So I feel like maybe they're still sort of figuring out whether like whether how transparent they have to be, um, or whether mm-hmm. they like change the game in China so that they have like a different version that I feel like that just get, gets very, uh, gets very complicated very quickly. So yeah, I'll be curious to see if CSGO, you know, exposes, uh, yeah. the, the drop rates for the things that English players can get. I I'm on the website now. I just love some of these poorly translated, like English headers. Like if you scroll down, you see it hurts as it burns in all caps. <laughs> and then the next page says, Trigger pulled, battle smelt. <laughs> like what? translation is not exactly <laughs> definitely that something great. lost in translation. I feel like Google Translate can only do its best uh, trying to translate just, from Chinese. I want to get that tattooed. Trigger pulled, battle smelt. It's <laughs> a good. Statement. But yeah, so the Chinese community is getting their own servers, from what I've heard. Um, I don't remember what the date was for that testing. You know, in case we have any Chinese listeners. Um, but uh, I understand. Uh, the, I understand the Cape Mod podcast is pretty big in mainland China, so definitely right. appreciate you calling those listeners out. Shout outs to the uh, shout outs to the Mandarin dub team working every week to uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> to localize our podcast for that audience. Yep, <laughs> I really want to get in touch with the the Frank for the French localization team. Man, that can you French imagine how hard that would be? Get, yeah. The, get the comedic timing right so yeah csgo going to china you know if you're in china you're probably a small man you've got a small computer and if you have if you got a small computer you probably don't have a lot of space our next news story uh galaxis built the world's first single slot only gtx 1070 which would be perfect for your small computer because it only takes up one slot on your motherboard this is just insane to me that you have this beast of a card only taking up one slot yeah, the picture the picture of the of this card is pretty impressive. I don't know that I've seen a single slot card like this before that's got like a, a you know as powerful a GPU as a 1070 is. Um but yeah, I mean if if you have a small case, I could see this being a you know pretty reasonable uh thing to put in. Um I don't know why you would necessarily get one if you have the room for a larger one, but I guess maybe if you wanted to if you had a smaller motherboard, like you could even SLI, uh, it is a very thin-looking card. I'm, I'm impressed. Yes. Yeah, it looks very good. Immediately, my head went to, um, like, water blocks and stuff like that, just because, like, yeah. chances are if people are putting water blocks on cards, they it's just going to be taking up one slot anyways. And That's usually true. those same people are buying a lot of hardware. So, you know, SLI... SLI, here we come, you know, so. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious. Uh, it's by Galax, of course. Uh, you, you can only buy it, their, their cards here in the U.S. I don't recall why, uh, but 
or I mean, you can buy them in the U.S., but only through their store, um, okay. or eBay if you're brave or whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, they have some crazy good cards. I mean, they have um, uh, their 1080, the Hoff Hall of Fame, uh literally has it like a turbo button on the back that just like maxes out the fan profiles and all this other stuff. It's mm. pretty nutty. Um, and the quality is there, uh, but I, it's pretty interesting to see this uh, single, single slot profile for the 1070. So that's yeah, interesting. Um, I haven't heard of Galax before, before this really, like they're not a, they're not a household. Name. Oh really? Okay. So I'll be curious to see. I mean, I guess, the household you you wouldn't become a household name if you're not on like new egg and amazon and stuff so um right at least for for the north american market you know right, that's the right. thing you know so for if you're not in amazon like it's like oh i haven't really heard of that before you know so yeah um but yeah, well, they're, they're they're a reputable company i've worked with them before um uh, good hardware but this is pretty neat uh cool. it's it's a blower design just a big old copper heat sink uh, covering the GPU and the memory, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, like they, they built a they built a custom PCB for the card, which is pretty neat. Um, but they haven't said when it will be available to purchase mm-hmm. or for how much. So I guess uh, my, maybe my excitement would be dampened if this card was like twenty twenty five percent more expensive than a normal ten seventy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I imagine it would have to be if they did some custom uh, some custom work for this. They would have to charge a premium. I imagine, um, but I could easily see that. Yeah, yeah. But like Brad said, uh, I guess if you want, if you're interested in that card, uh, if that interests you for a small build you're doing or something, uh, you got to keep an eye on their website, galaxstore.net. It's like Galaxy without the Y on the end. Right. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome looking card. Looks really nice. And you Probably know what? gonna sell. You know what? Very KB? Well. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. This this card is not in production yet, but mm. something was in production oh. and is going away. I liked my segue more. What was your segue? Give it to me. I was going to I was I just felt say... you going off the rails and I was worried. <laughs> no, I was kind of falling off. I thought I could have recovered. <laughs> no, I I was going to say this card looks very nice. Looks awesome. It's going to definitely make them a lot of money. Uh unlike Nintendo who hates making money, mm, which okay, is that's pretty uh, good. I probably would have fallen off there, but okay. All right. There's we're definitely a lot of potential. Is... There are a lot of potential avenues for that one. So I feel like we've, sure. we at least did, we did okay, but you're right. Nintendo does apparently hate money because they're discontinuing they the NES classic. But you know, you know that, that one that everyone wants, that one that sold 1.5 million units, you know, that one, they're just getting rid of it. It's just gone. It's out of production. When asked why, they said it was never meant to be, uh, it was never intended to be an ongoing long-term product. And uh, they said, however, due to high demand, they did add extra shipments. But uh, not really sure. That's definitely money they're straight up not getting because I I know from, you know, working in retail, this thing is still insanely in demand. People do want this. And it's still insanely hard to find I don't know what the fuck is up in Nintendo with this. Well, I think a lot of the speculation is that obviously Nintendo or the NES Classic is going to cut into uh, like retro virtual store sales. Like that's what a lot of the speculation I've heard is like, okay, we want the Nintendo Switch to do really well, 
But like, oh if people are God. just flocking to the classic to play these retro games, well, clearly we need to stop producing the classic. Cause, oh uh, no! Because I'm remembering they have that subscription service where you get a free fucking virtual console game for your subscription. Oh, I forgot they're they rolling that out at some point. I don't know if they have or not, but um, but but yeah. So that's a lot of the speculation right now. It's like okay. okay Nintendo needs to do. We we got to drive those virtual console sales. Um, Come which, on! By the way, That's... people are hacking this thing to put out. Uh, somebody even got it to run Linux. Um, wow! But but somebody hacked it to put uh, basically a number of NES ROMs, so they didn't even really need to. Like it was just a perfect solution for that. I don't know if how Nintendo felt about that, but. People are doing all sorts of crazy stuff with this, um, but yeah, I think it was it was selling really well. Like you couldn't get one anywhere. That was the thing, you know. Um, everybody looking for one couldn't get one because they were selling out the moment they went in stock. Um, it was only sixty bucks mm-hmm. too. So I mean, uh, they added what was it? Uh, it was never intended to be. Where's the quote? Uh, wasn't intended to be an ongoing long-term product. However, due to high demand, we added extra shipments to our original plans. Very PR move for saying like, oh, we definitely meant to sell this for a while, but like somebody higher up said no more. Like, you know, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. the impression I get with this. Cause why else would they like cut a successful mm-hmm. product? So, yeah, it makes me think that, uh, what you were mentioning about basically wanting to push people to the switch, you know, and like buying, buying old retro games on like the digital marketplace on a switch. I, that, that feels like it has to be why they would do this because otherwise, I mean, why, why would you kill off something that is so sought after (laughs) and was doing really well for you? Like I didn't, I mean, I didn't even want one of these, but I could clearly see the appeal. Like $60 is, really nice like christmas gift type price point yeah. you know like just birthday gift whatever um and so the fact that they're just going to basically stop producing them and, and leave it in the hands of the secondary market where there's a ton of markup and all that like i'm just it has to be because they they're they don't want to eat into the sales of the switch um which kind of mm-hmm. sucks because you know like i don't really think I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they've run the numbers on this in a hundred different ways, but I feel like a the the Switch customers are not necessarily the same people who are going to buy the NES Classic for sixty bucks, right? Like my parents well, might buy can... an NES Classic for a gift for someone. They would never mm-hmm. buy a Switch, let alone like go and buy retro games on the Switch. Well, even our boy Reggie here said that there was. Who would have thought Nintendo had a market disconnect between the demand for the system and the supply Nintendo was initially prepared to provide. Um, he said, when we looked at the proposition, what we believed was that adults, 30 to 40 year olds who grew up playing the NES as a kid, 10 year olds or so, uh, but had stepped away from game category. This was going to be the buyer, the classic. And, um, so that's why they only had so much of the supply, but, uh, I don't know. This is, this is really weird. I I feel like like why not market? I don't know. I I'm just really conflicted because obviously uh, it wasn't marketed toward thirty and forty year olds, but it it was intended to be. But 
Well, that's right. what seems odd to me is is uh, I feel like it is very rare you see a company that is that that appears almost like upset that this product they built ended up doing better than expected. Like they expected it to work in this one con- customer segment, and it ended up working in that segment and like a lot of other segments too. And then like instead of just embracing that and continuing to just print money from the system they decided to do a few extra shipments but then kill it and i think that's uh i don't know that just feels like a very opaque business decision to me that you would kill something that was doing so well for you um but i guess like they probably you know they probably have two different teams right you've got like your nintendo switch team and then you're like nes classic team and i bet that nes classic team's like super upset you know because i'm sure it was like a decision made to kill that off to benefit the switch you know like that has to be it right i don't know yeah. i just like what's wrong with just keeping it out there and like even if it was selling out every other week like i don't understand what was the motive behind just cutting it like yeah. if more he quotes them as more active gamers are buying this what's the problem here like obviously i think it's I think the switch came into play. I, I really do, but yeah, I think it did. But I'm just, I, I'm, I guess, I'm surprised that you even ever released this when you knew, like, you knew you had the switch coming along in the spring. Mm-hmm. Why would you even, like, why would you even release the NES Classic if it ended up being a runaway hit? Like, was the was the idea always to kill it off when the switch came along? That seems just so weird to me. Yeah, they started with the idea that it wasn't going to, you know, uh, if they said, like, the demand wasn't going to last that long, and then it proved to it definitely last that long, it seems like, you know, they should have changed their release strategy. But, yeah, that that's the thing that seems weird to me. It seems like these these two products, the Switch and the NES Classic, I don't understand why those two products can't coexist. Like, the NES Classic yeah. is not is not this core gaming experience, right? You're not playing mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild on an NES Classic. So it seems weird to me that you would just cut off this cash cow. Um, but I, again, I guess that's speculation. Maybe there's other reasons, but I just I don't see one it's, sitting here talking about it right now. It's prepare for the re-release of the Game Boy Color. So maybe, maybe no. You know what? You may actually be yeah. right. Like maybe that is. <laughs> maybe they have something else coming up, and they basically oh, yeah. want to just like cut off the NES Classic because they have some new idea for like some other retro thing that's going to blow God, up the shelves this year. I don't know. God willing, if you're listening up there, Lord, it's Easter. If you can bless these Nintendo executives to make a Super Nintendo Mini, at least <laughs> now we know to pick that shit up instantly and not sleep on it. Like, is that is going to go? I mean, like, I guess I guess there is one. I guess no one but Nintendo can really do this. But there is something to be said, I suppose, for uh, kind of always leave them wanting more. Like anything they do from now on yeah. in this retro category, like if they did make a, a Game Boy Color or something, it's mm-hmm. going to sell out instantly. If only because people knew, like, know they can go sell it on eBay afterward, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're always going to sell out because they always do this. Yeah, god damn it! I, I wish it wasn't like that. You know who well, doesn't hate money, KD? People releasing new games on Steam. Whoa. Why don't you tell us about five of them? You're right. We've got five new releases on Steam this week. 
nothing. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. But, well, just because the first one we're looking at doesn't look all too promising, I shouldn't say it's not going to be a good week. But uh, after its announcement at the Video Game Awards, it's finally out after... Uh, you know, I, don't, I just haven't seen any trailers for this game. This kind of is coming out of nowhere. It, it comes out, like, tomorrow at the time of this recording. But uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, is releasing April 18th. Episode 1 is coming out. Which, um, you know, d- in spite of recent uh, releases from Telltale... Uh, expectations aren't particularly high, but uh, you know who knows? They could possibly give you some choice this time. They could, you know, fix their engine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> They're not gonna do that shit. Uh, but yeah, that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out uh, April 18th. It's gonna be 24.99 if you pick it up on sale. Uh, I think within the next day and a half at the time of this recording. Uh, basically pre-ordering it, you get 10% off. So that's nice. I'm kind so of annoyed that, that this is like the textbook example of marketing screenshots. Like clearly none of this is in-game. No. Um, yeah. And the video, their little trailer video, none of that is in-game. Like, I'm actually curious what uh, I'm curious what this game looks like because I only yeah. really know of the... I'm trying to think like I know of The Walking Dead and how that game looks only in the context of The Walking Dead. Like, what does mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy look like as a kind of, like, point-and-click adventure sort of game? I have oh, no idea. I would love to see an actual in-game screenshot. Yeah, I haven't seen any gameplay for this game yet, and it's coming out tomorrow. And I mean, you know exactly what a Telltale game is going to play like. You know, if you've seen, you know, Tales of Borderlands, if you've seen The Wolf Among Us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, God help me, the Minecraft story mode game, <laughs> you know exactly how this game is going to play. It's going to blue balls you at the very end of the episode. It's going to give you the illusion of choice. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? You know, I'm always going to be that one guy that says, maybe this one will be good, guys. You know, I actually, oh God, I've got fucking Batman uh, Telltale sitting on my shelf. I bought months ago. I still haven't tried it. So I can't really say anything for Telltale. But, you know, time will tell if it's good or not. I'll check out the Steam reviews. But, yeah. Say time will tell the tale. Time will telltale the tale of the telltale. <laughs> All right, I quit. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up on our list is uh, a game that's not entirely new, but uh, is coming to Steam on April 21st. This game is called Everything. And I'm not entirely sure what this game is. Uh, it describes itself. It says, be the universe in this beautiful interactive nature simulation. It says it's an interactive experience where everything you see is a thing you can be from animals to planets to galaxies and beyond travel between outer and inner space, explore a vast interconnected universe without enforced goals, scores, or tasks. Everything's procedural AI driven. Those buzzwords coming out. Um, I'm really not sure what I'm looking at, but um, I'm, I'm watching the trailer, and it looks, you know, it makes sense. Like, you see kind of some nature simulations. I see some fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I see, like, some birds flying past a skyscraper. And then all of a sudden, I see, like, these <laughs> these giraffes doing, like, doing flips. <laughs> yes. It's just literally them. Oh my, and it's oh not yeah, even, I like, complete animations. It's just them, like, them in, like, four separate poses yeah. uh, doing flips across the desert or something 
I was like, oh, okay, I think I understand this game, and then now I don't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's definitely out there. Uh, not sure what the price is. I can actually I can look that up real quick. It's I know it's on uh, the PSN. Forgive the typing, but let's see. Looks like a. I mean, it looks like a very tranquil game, which I guess seems probably what they're going for. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it's fourteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. There you go. So, that was close. What were you thinking? What ten? Twenty? I guess twenty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see twenty-two. But yeah, fifteen. You know, that's this is one of those games you you look for on sale. I feel like you don't pick this up full price, yeah. unless yeah, it doesn't really. But yeah, I mean, keep an eye for that, or maybe you know, I if you see have a this PS4, being a cool game already. to like test out your new video card or something. Like, I don't know how the graphics are, but it just seems like one of yeah. those games where you just kind of make something and then sort of just watch it and enjoy it. You could test out your video card, or you could play it while you test out your blow. It looks like it applies to both of those. So, yeah. so that's everything. Uh, but that's not everything for the new releases. Ooh, uh, Man, next up. On fire. Damn. Uh, this game is called Orbit uh, XL. Orbit is missing the eye. Therefore, it's edgy. Uh, this is a quote, intense, addictive, and fun, quote, just more round, just one more round score chaser. And in the description for this game, it says, perfect for playing while waiting in queue for another game. Now, what does that tell you about the confidence this creator has in their game? Or this game, you know, that you buy this, it's not going to be the main focus of your, you know, gaming diet. This is going to be the French fries on your plate while you're waiting for your, wasting your life in your ranked Dota 2 queue. Pull this shit up. I'm not even sure. I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at in the the gameplay. Uh, from what I'm seeing, the guy keeps failing. It's um maybe I need to inspect it more. But you know, it does look pretty artsy. It's a beautiful looking this, game. This guy's pretty interesting. He leaves in his uh, system requirements. If your specs aren't high enough to play this game, you should really consider saving your money and buying a new computer. <laughs> Damn, a decision like that would include greatly improve your life in many aspects, rather than the couple of hours of enjoyment you may get from my game or whatever it's your money with a winky face at the end in the additional notes of the system requirements i would like to see more games putting in additional notes for their system requirements that actually describe the real system requirements like he said everything you need to know (laughs) in the additional notes damn that's good i mean if you're playing guardians of the galaxy uh telltale uh, just know that you need a NVIDIA GTS 450, okay? Like, they went all the way back to the 450 to <laughs> they've figure got out. A, they've got a test bed somewhere, and they tried it. Oh, man. The test I, have a feeling, I have a feeling they just Googled what was the earliest DirectX 11 card. <laughs> probably, probably right. Probably and then right. Uh, they put that in. But, um, but yeah, sorry. Anyways, uh, what's the next oh, one? No. Uh, this next one's not really a game, but... Uh, this is something I recently have been thinking about what would be cool to like kind of this. It's very simple. This game is called, it's not really a game. It's like a design uh, tool. It's called card creator. It's got a bunch of, um, if you've ever thought about, you know, making your own trading card game or like putting your own, you know, cards together. If you have some kind of project, this looks like a pretty simple, easy to use to uh, tool for, you know, making trading cards in that kind of uh like uh, that format. So it's got tools for like spacing of images. You can import images and uh, PD- give like a PDF export uh, or export them as like PNGs and uh, output them with extreme detail. So 
No idea what the price of this will be. I just thought this was worth adding because this seems like a like a pretty cool tool if that's something you're looking for, not something to be, you know, glossed over. Because there are like websites that will, you know, charge a, a, a large amount, of, a large sum of money to accomplish the same task that you can do with Card Creator. So yeah, it seems pretty niche, but like if that's something you want to do, this this seems like a pretty neat little tool to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just a just a small little addition that comes out uh, in approximately eight hours as of the time of this recording, April seventeenth. So, if you're an audio listener, you can pick up Card Creator right now. Ooh. Doesn't that just blow your mind? Damn. Finally, on our new releases is a game called Flint Hook, which uh, I saw at One Packs. I mean, I didn't go; I just saw Donkey made a video about it. If that tells you what kind of you know exposure I had to this game, but this is like a side-scrolling. Uh, You've got a grappling hook. You can slow time. You've got a gun. Uh, very stylish. Very good pixel art. It's made by the same people that made Mercenary Kings back in the day. Uh, so they know their shit. Uh, no word on a price yet. But yeah, Flint Hook. This is one that I've been looking at for some time now. Looks like it definitely has some potential. Uh, and of course, randomly generated. But, uh, you know. Hmm. So... Yeah, it's got some pretty good uh, recommendations from Kotaku, Polygon, Destructoid. Uh, however, the system requirements have no wit or humor, so <laughs> not, I don't know if it could be worth picking up then. doesn't get much boring than uh, OpenGL 3.0 compliant video card in your system no. requirements section. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I, I see a little face they put into their About Me. It says, like, well, not about me. It's not Facebook. And they're about this game. God damn it. <laughs> they said, uncover some mysterious secrets. I don't know. Are there secrets in this game? And then, you know, a witty Ooh. two capital O's and an underscore. But that that doesn't, that's not going to cut it, guys. Come on. This is 2017. No, they've already been one-upped by, uh, by someone else. They have. Orbit XL is just dominating that, uh, that market. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's going to do for new releases. Uh, let's jump into our viewer questions this week with an old friend sending us a question. Good old blacklight attack asks, is my Kipo a keeper? How do I know if my Kipo is worth keeping and how do I keep my Kipo cleano? Should I consider a sweepo my Kipo? Hmm. That's, that's a thinking man's question right there. Uh, that's very philosophical. Yes. <laughs> I literally just in my head put the thinking face emoji. (laughs) If I were to respond with anything, that's my response. There it is. You should definitely keep your Kipo Kleino. Yeah. Get behind the ears. I would say it's a keeper, but if it, yeah, if it's not clean, like clean it. And then I think you'll be confident it's worth keeping. There it is. Simple question. Great answer. (laughs) Thank you, Blah. <laughs> nice to nice to hear from Blacklight Attack on matters like these. Oh yeah, the most pressing matters. We love you. All right. Uh, next up from Not So Ordinary Gamer, he asks, "Do you like peeps? And if you do, do you prefer them fresh or stale?" Which is, I is stale ask, peeps like, a thing? Yeah, that's what that's I'm my first time hearing of it. If I Google this I, right uh, now and I find something, I'm going to be upset. Stale peeps. I, I My only experience with a peep, I, I mean, I assume it's fresh. It was right out of the box, but it's disgusting. No, that, you can't assume that. 
No. I don't think you can assume freshness well, just because you opened it for the first time. Okay. I mean, it didn't taste stale. I remember that. It wasn't like hard. Okay. Well, in that case, it probably wasn't stale, but all right. I've, I'm seeing a Facebook page called Stale Peeps uh, that has, <laughs> this does not, all right. I think this is a meme group. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fucking meme group right there's there. Two, there's oh, two wait, peeps what? on a plate that have plastic swords jammed into them. So that's pretty funny. Mm. So I'm, I looked it up, and they're saying seventy to seventy-five percent of our customers like it fresh, but a fair amount happen to like their birds on the harder side. Um, <laughs> Why did you phrase it like that? That's the way the article. Come on. Did. Um, no, yeah, I meant um. Oh my so, god! So basically, it gets crispy, I guess, and people prefer it that way, which I've never heard of. That's- that's an alarming percentage. Yeah, twenty five percent, like twenty to five to thirty. Like, I don't know. God, in the same article, how can I make peeps part of my everyday diet? Please don't. <laughs> oh my god. Please no. I kind of hate this entire article. Right? Yeah. Did you find it too? Oh, or... I absolutely did. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. I mean, to answer the question, I I do not like peeps. We talked about this on the precast a bit, but I, mm-hmm. I can eat it. I can eat them. It's not like I will not eat one if you know if I was forced to, or if I was dared to, or if there was some benefit to me doing so, I could eat one. But I would what? not choose to eat one. <laughs> In this article, am I the only one who thinks Drew Carey looks like a peep? <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, that's that's Easter content for you, you know. It's got a short shelf life, but uh, every now and then, this this article's from 2014, so I mean, they knew what they were doing, right? We just googled stale peeps, and they they're getting their page views. Uh, also, in this sense. article, it says the 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 person who is uh, like the spokesperson for Peeps, uh, they say some people poke a hole in the plastic package and let them sit or get some air for a couple of days. That's not stale. That is not what stale means. Like getting air and get, like just getting the marshmallow getting harder. That is not the same as being stale. Yeah. Stale is going through the gauntlet of age. Yeah. <laughs> stale is like you found peeps from years ago. Those are yeah. those, like that's stale. Mm. All right. Well, okay. that's a. I mean, Oof. the answer. There is an objective answer. Is you, I do not prefer them either way. So people are buying peeps months in advance. So there's like there's like a queue of peeps that you have on like a certain a certain date, you know, until they become stale. I imagine certain people have. Because like I imagine shops won't sell stale peeps. So if you're one of that twenty five percent. You probably have boxes of peeps in the queue of your peep consumption. Am I overthinking this? All right, next question. I think if, if you're using the phrase peep consumption, you're probably overthinking things. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. Um, next question uh, is from Jack via email. He says, hey, bro pile, I've been listening to the cast since KB Mod still used Ventrilo, and Brandon nearly bammed me for TTS spam and llama grabs. Mm-hmm. But, I've never a- <laughs> but I've never asked a question, so I figured I'd start now as a way to procrastinate on my assignments. Number one, 
As a, ju- as a junior computer engineering student, I'm wondering if you folks use the skills that you learned in class on a daily basis. If not, did you learn most of what you use on the job or did you self-teach in order to make yourselves more viable hires? Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, answer number one first. Yeah, we should probably take one now. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm like I'm really... a fresh graduate and so there's still, I'll just tell you right now, there's like a lot you're going to learn outside of college. Like, like you just can't learn without experience. And I think um, to answer your question, uh, I did learn a lot of what I did outside of class from like clubs or volunteer positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there is stuff I use from college every day. Um, like on this as a side project, I'm trying to start a business um, for fun. Um, and if I would have paid attention to my entrepreneurship class, it would be really helpful right now. Um, <laughs> you know, what's funny though is, so I'm, I'm trying to start this business. I'm not going to spill the beans on the idea or anything yet, but, but basically, um, so I've been seeking advisors and researching funding and stuff like that. And, and, um, so a couple of my peers that I like basically ask questions about, they, they gave me some reading and, uh, you know, to kind of check out. And I was like, okay, sure. And I, um, go to Amazon to buy one of the books. And it's like, oh, you want to purchase this book again? And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Turns out I bought the goddamn book for a college class of mine and I never read it, but (laughs) my advisor, like that's kind of walking me through it is telling me, to read the same book. So now just imagine if you paid attention in class, you actually did the reading. Um, you paid money to attend that class. That's right. Actually, I got an A in that class. So I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, but, and I didn't even read the book, uh, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, there is stuff I use every day. Um, but even if you think the class is stupid as hell, pay attention. You never know when you might need it tomorrow. So, Sorry, I went on a long rant there. But Oh, no, that's good. Great answer. Uh, all right, so his question, his second question Hold is, on. I know this question. Hold on, KD, well, you didn't, are you going to answer this question? Well, I don't exactly have too much college experience right now. I can't really uh, say that writing essays is a valid <laughs> skill for a day-to-day basis. You don't write so, essays uh, in your retail job? Not, not regularly, no. I don't... Uh, I don't mail them out, um, but no. Uh, so I can't. I'm not really qualified for that question. Maybe in a few years I can be more assistance. But uh, yeah, uh, Jack's second question. Hold on, hold on. I was going to answer this question too. Okay, uh, okay. To, just to add on to what Brad said, uh, I think it, a lot of it will depend on your discipline. Like, let's say mm-hmm. if you're going into uh, an engineering uh, background you may end up using some of those hard skills, like some of the hard math skills and things like that on a daily basis, depending on the job you end up with. But uh, I think in a general sense, I like, I don't use a lot of what I got, like what I learned in college on a day-to-day basis. I learned probably most of my technical skills after college. But, right. uh, but I think the thing, the thing that you learn in college is like how to work with groups, how to be responsible for, you know, or the things in your life, how to, like, you, I think you learn well, some of the, 
the, that's what I was about to say. It was like, uh, you know, like college is really good at making you like a true adult. Like that's a thing. Like I think just being a functioning person in society. Like, yeah. I think that's really what you take more away from college than uh, the actual education itself. Like, yeah. Um, and I think like the biggest thing I think is working with groups, working with people most of the jobs you're going to get, uh, I, I guess if you say you're a computer engineering student, you're looking to be like a you know software engineer or something like that, all of the jobs that you get uh, are probably going to involve working with people. And so group projects and learning how to work with people of different backgrounds, people of different motivation levels, uh, you know, different experience levels, I think that's a really important skill that you can at least get a start on in college. Um, but I think for engineering, like some of those hard skills will matter. It just ultimately, you never know what you're going to end up using, uh, because it's all going to depend on the type of work you do. Like, you know, some, depending on the, the kind of job you get, you might be writing algorithms or you might be doing nothing of the sort, you know, you might be working with databases or something like you just never know. So it's, uh, I would say it behooves you to try and learn all of the hard skills that you can and pay attention. Uh, but the answer is like, I think for a lot of people, no, you don't, you don't use those hard skills necessarily on a daily basis, uh, but you definitely use the soft skills. And occasionally when you need the hard skills, you're not going to want to be like Brad and remember that you took a class that you didn't pay attention to uh, that then would have helped you out later on. Right. So, I definitely recommend, especially being an engineer, uh, do an internship if you can help it. Uh, most engineering internships pay. Um, at least here in the Northwest, we have a program called MECOP. Um, basically, it's something something engineering cooperative program. But anyways, um, uh, basically, they promise the interns a certain pay 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 rate, a certain amount of hours. And uh, I think from you know what I've the people I've talked to in that industry. Um, they learn more from those internships than they do even in like the four years, five years of college they do. Um, and more often than not, uh, you can get hired straight out of those. So uh, definitely check out something like that. So, yeah. Also one other thing uh, that's maybe worth mentioning is uh, there are a lot of times interviews interview on hard skills. So even if you don't end up using those skills on the job, you may uh-huh. end up having to demonstrate your knowledge of those skills to get the job you want. Uh, so that's... That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the interview process does not necessarily reflect what you'll do on a daily basis. And you can, like, maybe that's not necessarily fair or great, but that's how a lot of interview processes work. So it definitely, like, you should pay attention in class is what I'm saying. Like, you, you, will, not, you will not regret it. Absolutely. Cool. So... The second question, I know this question has been asked before in some form or another, but I'm curious if your answers have changed over the years. Who have been the most influential artists, artists slash bands in your lives? Have you seen them live and has seeing them changed your perspective or opinion on them as an artist? For me, seeing Tool live was just awesome and furthered my love for their music, but there have definitely been bands in the past, especially indie bands that truly let me down. Thanks again for doing what y'all are doing here. Ya underscore ta. Yeah, underscore Tom. And that's the end. Cool. Excellent email from Jack. Um, yeah, seeing Coheed live just, I think, really 
furthered my appreciation for them, especially like I can say the same thing about that for like most bands I've seen live, like uh, Van Halen was great. Uh, what about you guys? Um, you know, I know this isn't the artist or the kind of answer you're looking for, but at least one of the most completely different type of artists, but, um, one of my favorite photographers is Noah Kalina. He, some of you remember me, remember him from the YouTube sensation, take a picture of myself for like 10 years or whatever. I actually really love his work. And, um, he, his work kind of challenges myself into like the photography that I try to do in my free time. Um, and that's pretty influential. Uh, not the selfie every day thing for 10 years, the YouTube sensation, but his actual like commercial and artist work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like shitty bands, so I can't really <laughs> <laughs> like, I still love blink 182. Like, I mean, um, and I'm afraid to go even see them live because from what I've heard, they're, they're not great live, but, um, have you guys ever actually encountered that where like you guys really like a band and then you go see them live and it was just complete garbage? Like that's kind of like, um, I think there are certain bands that I've seen live and I've been pretty unhappy with their like performance live. Like there are mm. some bands that I like that I'm, I feel they, I much prefer just like hearing them, you know, on CD or you know. CD. Yeah. It's like way better. Just the studio mm. productions, especially like uh, the story so far, for example, like, just seeing them live was just didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I've or, seen some. I've seen some bands that, uh, like, I've I haven't been super happy with the uh, like the music levels and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like the the music levels will be off, or it'll be kind of a, a vanilla performance. I mean, I mostly go to rock shows, so I wouldn't say I've been completely let down by one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there are definitely some that that feel a little more run of the mill, especially when you see other shows. Um, like for example, uh, I got to see Romstein for the first time, uh, last year. And uh-huh. once you've seen a Romstein show, pretty much everything else feels pedestrian. So you kind of have to recalibrate what a good show is after seeing something like that. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think for me, I, I don't know. I've, I've got a lot of, I feel like I have a lot of influential, uh, artists uh, for me. The answer is typically always like Pantera, uh, Metallica. Um, I don't know. You know, I saw a lot of, I've, I've been to a lot of different shows, but like, those are the two that stand out. I would, I've never seen Pantera live cause I was a little too young, uh, for that. But I, that's like one of the bands that I really wish I could have seen live. Um, but I listened to a ton of that throughout high school. Um, and I mean, I still go to a lot of rock shows, so this is like a pretty timely question cause I literally just saw perfect circle the other night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate rock far more uh, after having seen a lot of the live shows than I do like than I did before seeing those shows like uh, I appreciate some bands who are like three person bands and their lead guitarist and their singer are the same person and I didn't realize it until their live show that stuff like that kind of stuff blows me away um, so I have huge respect for for a lot of a lot of those bands that I might not have had had I not seen them live Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks cool. for that question. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Jack. Good questions. Cool. 
All right, and uh, last question is from Tom via email. If you want back in time, reading these as written, if you want back in time to 2009, with the knowledge of the explosion of YouTube slash Twitch that you have now, which current channel would you assume the role of? And is there anything you would do differently as that particular content creator? So if you could steal anyone's success, who would mm-hmm. you go for? Well, I I worked for a YouTube channel and I never want a part of that life again. Um, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I think who's I think um, who would I say? I thought you would say like Casey Neistat or someone. Well, no, mm. I mean he's no. I would honestly say I want to live the life of John Olson. This uh he's a daily vlogger, but he's a Swedish uh professional skier and he's much more fit than I am and does much more crazy things than I do. And <laughs> it's like I want I, I just want to live that life for like a day. I think that'd be crazy. Um um I would probably uh hit up what House You Basic is doing. It's uh I'm just thinking on the scale of ad revenue versus effort put into your video, you know? What's a jump? You don't on? know the you don't know the cleanup he has to do though. That's the That's thing. true. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um Which, I don't know, strangely me, enough, I think how to basic is a uh, Australian. If you didn't know. Oh, really? Because he does videos with uh, uh, Filthy Frank and those other guys whenever Frank is in Australia. So I don't know what's... what's Okay. Um, Yeah, I know they do videos together. I didn't know they were in Australia, though. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Um, I'd probably... Part of me wants to, like, go for maybe, like, video game reviews before all of YouTube blew up with them or maybe, like, sort of critique kind of videos... Or maybe, you know, just over-exaggerate playing horror games. That'll, that'll captivate <laughs> a large Are you saying you would take, you'd take, like, like Total Biscuit? Total Biscuit? That, that might be one. Uh, either that or... Uh, it's, not, it's not really that popular, but I would be... I would do this kind of the style of videos that maybe, like, Matthew Matosis does and then just make them very consistently... I feel like that would that would really grow an audience that I'd want to have. Or um and if not that then I'll just really take over the red hot nickel ball market. Thousand degree <laughs> knife. Thousand degree knife, yeah, red hot knife on uh on the KB Mod podcast. Yeah, I think people uh people were saying, you know, like PewDiePie and some of the obvious uh answers there. But I don't know. I think I, I don't think I would want to assume like PewDiePie, because when you're the largest channel, I feel like you get, you know, you get so much scrutiny and, uh, and I feel like it's in some ways it can be better to be kind of just below that. Like you don't want to be the very, very top, but there are tons of people who, you know, they're not like household names, but they still do really, really well. You know, like I I just, Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd want to be at the very, very top. It's kind of like, you don't want to I don't think you necessarily want to be like the most popular celebrity. You just want to be, you want to be like the celebrity that did something awesome, you know, and like you basically never have to work again if you don't want to. 
but you don't want to be the guy that gets stops every like stopped every time you go to the grocery store. Yeah, Actually, I, have, exactly. I have I have an answer for your thing. So I would do um, Harley Morenstein from Epic, Epic Meal Time, and uh, he does daily vlogs, which is cool or whatever. I don't really watch them all, um, but what he does a cool thing on is a. Uh, he gets like really expensive like action figures and stuff. And I think it'd be smart if he did like product reviews. Cause just cause like he's really insightful. I'm more of like an advisor at this point. Like this, this is where I'm coming from. If, like if I were to sit down <laughs> with Harley Mornstein and he'd ask me like, Hey, what do you think I should do with my failing channel or whatever? Um, uh, I would say, dude, you should do some product reviews. Cause like people do come to him for um, like his action figures and stuff. And I think they're really badass, but. Uh, that is my answer to your question. So, cool. Good question, Tom. All right. And now is the time where we feature an iTunes podcast review, and we have a review this week. Uh, if you want to be like uh, this person, you can also leave a review. You go to iTunes. You go to the podcast section. You search KB Mod. We are the probably the only result, but if we're not the only result, I mean, I <laughs> hope you can find the result that we are. Uh, just look for the KV Mod podcast, sign in with your iTunes account, give us five stars, and then the world is your oyster in, uh, in that review section. We've had many, many great contributions. You get to choose what goes in there. Uh, I mean, assuming- we've gotten binary in here so i we've, mean we've oh yeah we've got we've gotten morse yeah. code yeah. we've gotten poems we've gotten binary we've you know haikus people have gotten very creative i must say the bar is pretty high at this point um but you know what as long as it's not uh horrifically vulgar or illegal we will generally feature it in this section don't let that deter you <laughs> <laughs> uh you know hey i don't know i don't know how the spam filters on itunes work but you know I would say uh, don't open yourself up to criminal liability by submitting an iTunes review. <laughs> uh, but all you have to do is leave us five stars, and uh, and we will most likely feature you on this section. Uh, so, KD, why don't you tell us who our iTunes podcast review of the week is? Yes. So this week, we got a review from Bot Mamba. The title of your review is How KB Mod is Chicken Soup for the Pleb Soul. Of mm. course, it's five stars. Mm. Uh, it reads... If you're looking for a podcast that asks and answers the hard-hitting questions, look no further. Covering topics from the latest gaming news to if candy corn and cat fondling should be legal, Scott Fisher, along with sidekicks Katie Zen and that one pasty dude whose name is still unknown, are an energetic and sexual crack team who always bring a high production value to their show. These sexy camboys provide an intellectual yet sexy element to the show that delivers gripping and tantalizing conversation and banter. Keep up the good work, Bomb Mama. That was that's one of the wow. top uh, one of the top fifty reviews. I'd say now that that's that I'm doesn't curious. sound generous at all. Scott Fisher, along with sidekicks Katie Zinn, and the one pasty dude whose name is still unknown. Is he talking about me or Brad? Surely can't be you. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's you because, like, uh, Scott. Well, first, they never see me anymore because I don't have a webcam. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe second, uh, maybe maybe he's talking second, about Scott always messes up your handle, so it's V O one. That's okay. Oh. That that probably makes sense. That makes sense. okay. But yeah, he he left you out, Brad. I'm a little offended. Yeah, 
But maybe I mean, you know what? Maybe it's because maybe it seems like he's a he's a very visual person. Like I get from from the the adjective he's using, energetic and sexual crack team, sexy camboys. Like I think he's he's clearly into the visual element of the podcast. And so I think because you're usually you don't have your camera on, uh, I just you and know like, I think you may be I'm you a... may be invisible to him. Yeah, I mean when I started this cast, I was a frog, and now I'm a cheeseburger. So I yeah. mean. Yeah, you uh, you brand. definitely have. I think you have your own brand of uh, you know, of of visual prowess here, but uh, it doesn't seem to be to his liking. So, Brandon, can you say "sexy camboys" for me one more time? I cannot. I'm afraid ah, that is the end of our it. show. All right. Uh, <laughs> this has been episode 274 on this Easter Sunday. Uh, if you want to follow. Uh, along with all the things KBMod does, we have various outlets you can do that. We have the website, obviously. That's probably where you should start, kbmod.com. You can find us on Twitter, at kbmodgaming. That's where I would say we're probably most active. But we also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash kbmod. We have a Steam group. We have a Discord, kbmod.com slash Discord. Uh, you can find all of that if you go to kbmod.com. So really, that's just go there. And you can branch out to our various outlets from there. Uh, thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Uh, we have at KDZen18. That's where you can find KD on Twitter. Uh, Brad is at Hutchison15 on Twitter. And I am at Volition. That's V-O-L-1-T-I-O-N. Uh, I did not mess up my own name this week. <laughs> uh, nice. And so uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we will see you next weekend. You can find us. We're live uh, each Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we will see you next week. Farewell. Yeah. Someone going to finish that for me? Oh, we're finishing it. Uh, huh. I'm just going to leave me hanging. <laughs>